Thank you for listening to Overcomers Church International Weekly Message. We pray that you are encouraged and strengthened as you hear the Word of God. Today the Lord put it in my heart to talk to you with something that probably you already heard with this amazing pastor, the Magnificent. I have to say it, sorry. <laughs> but I would like for you to pay attention because sometimes we need to hear Two times, three times, four times, ten times, right? Some people got on the first. I, I'm a slower, so I, it takes a few times for me to get it. So I would like to talk to you guys about principles for abundance. Who, do, who doesn't like to be living in an abundant life? When we talk about abundance, everybody thinks about prosperity, money, right? It is in there too, but it is not only that. And today I want to show you principles that our Lord Jesus showed us. And he left specific instructions for us to learn how to live this abundant life. Amen? Please, no pay attention to my killing your language, the English. I do speak a few. I do speak few. She speaks a lot of languages. I only speak four. She speaks six. She says that she doesn't speak six, but she does. Not counting Holy Spirit. Okay, not, not counting tongues. So uh, I'm probably going to kill some words. I'm going to pronounce them wrong. But if you can pass through this and pay attention to what my heart is telling you, you will be blessed. Amen? Because I'm expecting to be blessed. Because right now it's not only me talking. It's the Holy Spirit ministering to his people. And I am his people. Are you? So I'm going to be blessed. Amen? So I'd like for you guys to open your Bibles in Mark 8. We're going to read a little bit of here. I'm helping the Johnson's family because the boys are, and the girls didn't read their 20 minutes. So I'm going to help here a little bit. We're going to read a lot of verses here today. So Mark 8, starting on verse 1. If you find, you say amen. If you didn't, you say mercy. I heard some mercies here. So, In those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, problem. Jesus called his disciples unto him and said unto them, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days. So these people are three days fasting, following Jesus, listening to his words, his teachings. And have nothing to eat. And if I send them away fasting to their own homes, they will faint by the way. For divers of them coming from far. So a lot of them came from far away. And if, they, if Jesus sent them now... So right now we are facing a problem here. Jesus and the disciples are facing a problem. Pay attention to this. He didn't say that people start complaining with Jesus that they were hungry. Jesus saw that that will happen. That was about to happen. Nobody complained. The, the word doesn't tell us that. And the multitude was complaining that they were hungry. It says here. It says on your word. 
So complaining, it's never a solution, it is. Our Lord always, I repeat, always will take care of us before we even have the need. Amen? So he saw the problem. And right now in verse 4, we're going to try to understand it. How Jesus walked out the solution for this problem. Because are we agreeing here that it is a problem? We're talking about a multitude of people. 5,000 men, not counting children and women. I don't know about you, but if I count it here, we're going to have more women and children than men. And didn't change it for 2,000 years ago when Jesus was walking. So we're talking about at least, I'm really low number here, 10 to 12,000 people, right? So we got a big problem in our hands. Jesus is in trouble. Right? Let's see. Verse 4. Now the disciples. Pay attention. Pastor Kent team. The disciples. The team. Now is panicking. And his disciples answer him. From whence can a man satisfy this man. With bread. Here. In the wilderness. They're already saying that's impossible. We can. Which kind of man can do that? It's impossible. We are in a, facing a situation right now that has no solution. I think the best thing to do is send everybody home. Meaning, everybody takes care of your own problem. But what Jesus did. Now we're going to see it. And he asked them. Jesus asked them. How many loaves have ye? Man, I love this scripture. Before I move forward, I want to tell you this. This is what is keeping, not kept. It is keeping alive me and Sandra. We are full-time ministers in Brazil. This is what keeping us alive. And I know this is what will continue not only keeping us alive, but blessing us tremendously to the point that we will be able to bless so many others. So pay attention. And they respond, and they said, seven. And he commanded the people to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and gave thanks and break and gave it to his disciples to set before them. And they did set them before the people. First thing that Jesus did was not resolve the problem. It was to make it easier for the problem to be resolved. Tell them to sit down. A crowd, a problem, uh, something that is in need cannot be dealt or dealt with in the same stage that it is presented to you. You needed to put it down. You don't, you don't face that challenge in your level. You bring it down. Sit them down. Wait a minute. It's a hungry people. How do you make a hungry people sit down? 
you just command them to. Because they are following who? Jesus. And Jesus told them to do what? So what are they going to do? Are you seeing here the correlation? Are you guys trying? Are you understanding where I'm going with this? We have our difficulties. We see our giants in front of us. This is a giant in front of Jesus. 12,000 at minimum people hungry in the wilderness. Even if he has all the gold coins and silver coins and whatever money was in that time to send the, the disciples to buy where he was going to buy it. They are in the wilderness. So it is an impossible situation. It is a giant right in front of him. And the first thing that he says is, sit down. For me, it's like this. I'm facing my enemy, my problem, my barrier, my giant. And the standing position. Maybe it will be a fair fight. But if I sit them down, now I have the best position. Now I can deal with the situation that is in front of me. Calm. Make that go down. As he sat the people down, he did what? Then he commanded a miracle to be multiplied. He starts screaming and declaring and decreeing. Right? That's what Christians do, right? Screaming, Lord, God, where is my provision? Is that what Jesus did? He gave? Wow. So, thankfulness, it is the first thing you do Facing a challenge. What? I'm in a trouble. I'm going to be dead. It's 12,000 people against me. And you want me to give thanks? Yes. He was not sweating. He was not desperate. He was not calling the father. Father, help me. Provide food for these people. I command and declare and decree. And I will be speaking because my words has power. Right, Christians? That's what we do. No. What Jesus did. Thankfulness. He gave thanks. To what? To seven loaves. And two fish. Well, I'm not very good at math, but seven loaves and two fish, 12,000 people, let me see. Uh, not even the disciples will be able to eat. He didn't look for what he did not have. He didn't have. He looked for what? Can you make it this with your hands? Now I want you to look at your hands. And I'm going to ask you this. What it is in your hands? Don't look for what you don't have. But what you have. You don't understand, Marcelo. I work for a minimum wage. My salary is nothing. 
I cannot do it, the things that God called me to. I can't help anybody. I'm barely able to help myself. Is that giving thanks? But if I have a minimum wage, if I have $100 in my hand, and I say, thank you, Father, that I have something to begin with. That when abundance comes. It's not praying, believing, and declaring, and decreeing, fasting, and whatever. It's thanking God for what you have. It's funny because every time that I teach this, I remember that commercial this, that I think it's an insurance company. It says, what is in your wallet? <laughs> what is in your hands? Some people say, I have nothing. Oh, really? So you are like the, the widow from the Old Testament. I'm going to have my last meal and die. Is that you? Guess what? She's still living for many years and really well. Thank you very much. So you're not going to die. So give thanks. That is the first thing. Verse 6. And he commanded the people to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and gave. Then he break pieces of the loaf. And he gave it to the disciples to set before. I know it's an old English. Not, not even I understand that. Meaning that he broke the bread. Gave to the disciples. To the disciples to be with that broken piece. To break it again and give it to my brother. Then I break it again and I give it to my brother. Then I break it again and I give it to my brother. And I keep going this until the bread ends. You got to remember, it was 12 of them. 12 disciples. Seven loaves of bread breaking in half. How many pieces we have now? So all the disciples have what? Half of loaf of bread, and he still have what? One fool there with Jesus. And they're going. First Thessalonians 5:18 says, "In everything, give what? Thanks. So you know. Good. Means that you are applying, right? In everything you are giving thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning who? Him or you? Oh, that is just for the pastor. He is the one who needs to be giving thanks. Because I'm part of his church. He needs to be giving thanks to the Lord. That's the will of God concerning you. For you in everything give thanks. Give for happiness, for joy. It's not an emotion that it takes over of you. It's a decision that you make to be thankful. First Timothy 2.1 I exhort therefore that first of all, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving thanks be made for all men. First of all, 
giving thanks. Hebrews 13, 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Let's think about it. When you are facing a giant, it's easy for you to say, thank you, Lord, that I have everything that I need to accomplish everything that you call me. It's easy? No, it's not. It is a sacrifice. The Lord knows. That's why he put it on the word. I'm reading for you three scriptures because I believe that on the witness, on the mouth of witness of two or three witness, the word of God will be what? I'm establishing here thankfulness. It is the first thing that needs to come out of our mouth when we are facing a problem. I don't care if the, pro the problem is this big or if the problem is the size of this city. We start giving thanks. Sacrifice means decision to live in God's way on his perfect will. Going back and his will is what for you? For you to give thanks. Remember? Thessalonians. What is the second thing that we see Jesus doing here? He first gave thanks. The second thing, he used what it was in his hands. We already established that. And you're going to tell me, but I have nothing. Right now, I'm going to prove to each and every one of you, including the young ones who don't work, don't have salary. Some of them are complaining that they don't have a, a mesada. Like a money from the parents. Allowance. Right? I'm going to prove to you that you all have something in your hands. First thing that we all will agree that we have is a testimony. Does anybody here can lift up your hand and say that I never experienced nothing with Jesus? Can you lift up your hand? Never, ever experience nothing with Jesus. Because if you lift up your hand, I will pray for you. And you will receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Boom. You already got the kingdom of God in you. Ooh, that's a good start, right? Amen. That's not a small thing. The kingdom of heaven coming to you. That is the first thing that he gave you. That is a testimony. Amen. So we all have our testimonies. But I don't know about you guys, but I have hundreds, if not thousands, of testimonies. Amen. That how God came through, how Jesus saved me, how Jesus helped me, how he showed me what to say, what to do, when to do it. Right? right? Yes. Do we all agree that we have all of that? Yes. So we can use that to our Abundant life. Right? Second thing is knowledge. Knowledge. Not knowledge, ginosko. Knowledge, information. Do you know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? You guys know? Do you know that He came 
to make an exchange with you at the cross. He got everything that was bad in you. In exchange, he gave everything that was good in him. There was an exchange. Do you know that? So you have knowledge. See, I'm not talking about big revelation like the magnificent. I'm talking about knowledge. You have that knowledge. That exchange. You are the righteous man, righteous woman because of that exchange. Not because you're good, because you come to church, because the church is beautiful and we worship marvelous. It's because what he did for you. That's knowledge. And that is the knowledge that the world needs to know. So we all have knowledge. Are we agree on that? Listen, for you guys who are with the empty hands, now you have already two things in your hands that you can put it to work for your abundant life. Amen? But I have nothing. I didn't went to Karis Bible College, Pastor. I can't do that. You already have what you need. It's in you. Let me tell you one more thing. Finances. And someone like, ha, ha, now I got you. I have nothing. And I'm going to prove to you that you do have. I have good friends at uh, Caris Bible College. They all minister in prosperity. Few of them. And it's funny because I came to them and said, like, I have nothing. I'm a missionary in Brazil. My bank account is zero. I have no credit cards. I'm done. And he looked at me and like, I see you rich. I was like, what are you talking about? I have nothing. My wallet is empty. I can prove to you. He said, oh, you do have a wallet too. I didn't see that. Okay, you have a watch, you have a shirt, you have a tennis shoes, and you can sell that and profit. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Seriously. You ever heard of uh, Ashley Terradis? He says that. You have nothing. Go to your garage in your house and look at there. You're going to find tons of things that you can sell it and make it money. Ah, but you don't want to get rid of it. But don't complain that you don't have it. You don't have it because you don't want to. Because you do have finances. Even you guys, young ones. I started working at age 12. And when I was 14, I was making more money than my father. It's no excuse to say that you don't have finances to live an abundant life. Amen. We all have that. Fourth point, time. <laughs> I have no time. I go to school, I go to work, I take care of kids, I go home, wife, uh, mortgage, and, and, and car fixing, and I have no more time. Guess what? We all have the exact same amount of time, 24 hours a day. But I can go to any of you houses and I guarantee that I can find three to four hours every day. I'm not telling that you're not going to sleep. You're going to have a great long night's sleep. And I still going to find three to four hours that I can carve 
from things that you are just wasting time. I have no time to read the word. I am so busy. I work and I come home and I work more. And, and then my wife and my kids and the bills and this and that and fixing and everything. But you still sit down and watch TV. That show. I can't miss that. It's a series on Netflix. Or better, I'm sorry, we are Christians. Pure flicks. Come on. We all have time. We just need to administrate that time better. Guilty. It's right here in front of you. I was talking with Pastor Ken today. I want more. I have an amazing relationship with Jesus, but I want more. I'm not satisfied with what I have. I need more. I want more. So we agree that we all have four things that is right in our hands right now. That we can put to work. Towards our abundant life. We are not looking for what we don't have. We need to focus on what it is in our hands. How can I do this with what I have in my hands? The same miracle that Jesus performed. Each and every one of us can perform. You see, I'm in Brazil. We are missionaries. Some month we eat really well. Some month we don't even know if we're going to eat. I never spend a single day hungry in six years trusting in this. And I'm telling you, I'm a picky eater. I like steak. (laughs) I eat well. And I like my wife to eat well. Because of this, I never lack eating and more I never eat alone I always invite people to eat with me and I bless them so why we are not living in an abundant life that the Lord has for us I love this Luke 638 open your Bibles I don't know if the scriptures are being put here Luke 638 If you have a marker, if you're one of those people who like to mark your Bible, mark your Bible, Luke 6.38. Put it like a big green, yellow, blue, whatever color that calls your attention. This is a scripture for you to meditate day and night and apply every day to your life. Give. And now, and it's, sorry, give. And it shall be given unto you. Good measure, press it down, shaking together, running over. Shall men give into your bosom? For with the same measure that you met without, it shall be measured to you again. You know what? This is contradictory. Did you notice that? I'm going to show you the Bible is wrong. Here says that with the same measure. No. He just said give. And it shall be given to you how? He didn't say that you gave with a, a, a good measure. With a press down. You didn't give shaking together to get everything out. He just said gave. Right? Give. And how are you going to receive? 
It's not even the same measure. I'm telling you, our God is not a God of the enough. The what you need. He's the God of an abundance. He's going to give you much more than you gave. I am a proof of this, brothers and sisters. I'm telling you, what we receive, it doesn't even get closer to what we give. And you know what makes me want to do more? Give more. And then he just like, whoa. And I'm like, whoo, let me give him more. And he's like, whoa, shower as with. I'm telling you, it's unstoppable. Give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, press it down, shaken together, running over. I think it's appropriate to say this here in this area. How many seeds are in an apple? Three or four? Three or four in one apple. Now I'm asking you, how many apples are in one seed? How many? You can't count. That tree is going to give you plenty of apples in the first harvest. But it's not going to stop there. That exactly one same seed will continually to give you what? Apples. When you give, something happened in the supernatural. And that one seed that you gave, it will continually generate, generate for you what? A harvest. I don't know about you, but when I understood this, I want to give. I'm ready. Lord, where to give? Give me an opportunity. If you don't give me an opportunity, I'll create one. Because I want to give. Yes. Amen? Amen? Brothers and sisters, that's why our people, our brothers and sisters around the world, including the United States, are not living in an abundant life. We forgot to be thankful to what we have. We forgot to put to use what we have. And we forgot to give. If we don't give, no harvest. It's like a farmer who buy a field and sit down, look into the field, like, I'm going to have a harvest. No, you're not. If you don't go there, and then you plow, and then you plant, and then you protect, right? Yes. So what are you doing with your seeds? The word says that we, that he gives seeds to the sower and bread to the you know that I eat some of my seeds? I have to. You all have to eat some of your seeds. When I'm talking about seeds, I'm talking about money. I look at money different than other people. Money for me is seed. Some of them I eat, but most of them I like to sow. I like to give. Because it's the only way, it's a principle, God's law... Not law of commandments of law. The law that God created that continues over and over and over. 
Some people think like, oh, God's creating new trees. No. God had created the trees in Genesis at the beginning, and he never created a single tree again, ever. Because he already created with the power to what? So my seed has the exact same power since the beginning to what? But if I eat all of my seeds, you guys understanding me, right? When I say eat, I'm taking care of my things. I'm paying bills. I'm buying things. I'm eating. I'm buying clothes. I'm right. Those are the principles of God. We already established that you be, need to be thankful. First thing when you see the problem. We already established that we need to use what it is in our hands. But Jesus didn't stop there. Has one th more thing that we need to do. On verse 7. And they had a few small fish. And Jesus did what with the fish? And he... You have your Bibles open? And he blessed two fish. Maybe three. He says just few. And commanded to set them also before them. So I learned that when I face my problem, the first thing that I do is what? Huh? Give it thanks. What is the second thing? There we go. My brother David here is reminding me. The first thing you put your problem, what? But then you are? Thanks to who? Why are we giving thanks to God? Because he already provided what we need. Then we use what it is in our hands. Whatever is available. Then we do what? We? Blessed. Let me tell you this. That's when it comes, the power of our tongue. The authority that we have in Christ Jesus. Genesis 1, 26, 28. That's when God himself gave us that authority and that power. Let's read together. Genesis 1, 26 to 28. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have what? Dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and, every, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female. For those who understand it, the only two. Male and and female. Repeat with me, young people. Male and doesn't exist any other. It's right here. Created he them. And God blessed them. So let me ask you this. Do we as a Christians, our new creation in Christ Jesus, do I need to ask God to bless me? 
Oh, please, Lord, bless me. Do I need to do that? Why not? I am blessed. I was created. And the first thing that my creator did to me was what? The blessing is in me. I don't need to ask for what I already have. So he blessed them. And God said to them. See, first he blessed. Then he said what we're going to do with that blessed. What are we going to do? We're going to be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth. And subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fall of the air, and over every living thing that move upon the earth. We are not doing this. And we need to. The church needs to rise up. And we start need to do this. Not because we have to. But because we want to. Because that is why we were created for. We were blessed to do this. That is our purpose. To have dominion. To subdue it. To replenish. Do you understand this word replenish? If it is a lack of anything, who can solve that? Weak. Replenish the earth. Well, how am I going to do that? The same way that God did. I speak things in existence just like God. Because I am his son. And I'm created on his image and as his likeness. Everything that he did, I can do it. Not because I'm good, because I go to church, because I went to Bible college, but because of Christ did for me. What the enemy stole from Adam and Eve, Jesus Christ gave back to us. Brothers and sisters, oh, we understand that. That is the basic of our belief. Oh, we are walking in this, or I'm sorry to be so direct to you, but my brother can't say that I'm not going to be able to offend you guys. If we are not doing this, we are not even worthy to be called Christians. If you are not doing this, you are not worthy to be called Christian. Because the word Christian means that we are like Christ. That we are imitators of Christ. That we do exactly like he does. That word started with the disciples as a demeanor. Oh, you look like a Christian. Like you acting like Christ. Thank you. I like it. Right? So we need to start doing this. And that is our mandate to our church. All around the world. To us as a Christians. It's not a worry about what I can get from Jesus. What it's for me. Me, me, me. 
I already have everything that I need to accomplish everything that he called me to. To set the captives free. To bring peace to the brokenhearted. To cast out demons. In Brazil, let me tell you a story. Do I have time, Pastor? Yeah, I'm okay. Thank you. In Brazil, they love to cast out demons in the stage with cameras and everybody watching. So you are bound in Jesus' name. And the person, what is your name? My name is Legion. Really? <laughs> so what are you doing here? <laughs> what do you pretend with the so-and-so? <laughs> it's like, well, we're going to have a conversation now with demons? I didn't see that in the word. When the demons try to talk, Jesus says, shut up. Leave. I don't need to be stamping on my feet, turning around, screaming. Leave. That's it. That is authority. That is power given by Jesus. Please, dear devil, can you leave? It's not going to work, right? Come on. Everything in the Christian world is becoming a show. Everything that we are doing nowadays is to attract people. And the more things that we do to attract people, more we're going to put them away from Christ. Brothers and sisters, let's go to the basics. Authority. Who we are in Christ. What he did for us. When I got to Brazil, people was like, oh, that's Marcelo, the troublemaker. Remember, the one who was in prison because he was messing with cars. And I was like, where he is? Because I saw him die. I was there. I saw him die. And he resurrected in Christ. So the one that you're saying, it's not here anymore. The one that is in here is full of power. Because he is being mandated to do something. That's why Marcelo is here. Not for you to be, oh, you remember that time? No, that one is that. I don't remember nothing from that time. I only remember what Jesus did and what he told me to do. So by the way, did you receive Jesus? No? Oh, let me tell you about. How about you? I'm dead. And the one who lives in me, this is the one that is going to be shown by every place that we go. Hebrews 7, verse 7. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. Let me say this. There's so many interpretations on this. I already heard so many teachings. But I'm going to tell you from the bottom of my heart. For me, that's so simple. I am the less. Marcelo is the less. But I am being blessed by who? The better. He is the one who lives in me. And because of that, I am a walking miracle, a walking blessing 
I'm walking powerful, mighty, to do everything that my Lord commands me to do it. Nothing is impossible for me. Because I am in a mandate. I am following my Lord. He tells me to buy a house when I have no money. That's easy. He tells me to open a rehab center. To put 50 men there. And feed them. Pay for all the bills. And do everything. Come on Jesus. Give me something difficult. She's laughing. Because she saw it. (laughs) Now I want you to go to the tribes. And you wanted to. I want you to preach. And help. And feed 2,000 Indians. Yes Lord. Now you go and take the kids out of the streets. And we have 250 kids. Every day. Playing soccer. Having a meal. Getting clothes. Shoes. Football. And I'm excited for what he's going to say next. Because my answer is only one. Yes, Lord. So what the Lord is telling you to do. What is right in front of you that the Lord is speaking to you? Because it's impossible. I know this because I'm here. I watch it. I saw it. This amazing couple. And I've been watching them on on. Facebook and, 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 and podcasts and man, technology is awesome. Amen. They are being charging you guys with what the Lord said to tell you guys. So what are you doing? I challenge you guys. I will be back here. And when I'm back here, I don't want to see you guys here in this building. I want to see you guys on the building that God has for you guys. Amen. Amen. Paid off. Amen. Amen. If it's going to be donated, if you guys will pay for it in full, I don't care how it's going to be because that's not our problem. That's his problem. Our problem is what? Yes, Lord. We're going to do it. If he's telling you to go, what are you still here? If he's telling you to stay, why are you so agitated wanting to go somewhere? If he's telling you to speak, why are you with your mouth closed? It is simple as that, guys. Ephesians 1.3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with some things. Right? With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. I can, I, I was not going to say that, but I have to say. Do you know what all in Greek means? Do you know? All means all. No exceptions. Nothing was outside of the all. He gave you all. No exception. Oh, but you don't understand. I do understand. He gave you all. Period. No arguments. No buts. No ifs. And perhaps. No. He gave you all. (laughs) 
all blessings are upon us. Everything that we need to accomplish everything that he commands us to do. Brothers and sisters, we lack absolutely nothing to do what he called us to do. We are not even alone. Look around you. Look to your left. Look to your right. Look at back. Look at front. Come on, guys. Mark 10, verses 13 through 16. And they brought the young children to him, that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. Oh, just up. You got to love them, right, Pastor Ken? Those associates, the staff, the people who help at the church, they are a blessing. But sometimes they are like Peter. They speak more than they should. Oh, man. I can say that. He can't, but I can. I deal with them. I am a pastor of pastors in Brazil. We open already four churches. When I say we open, we build them from scratch. They are not beautiful buildings because that's not important. It's just a place to worship so people can come and gather. And we train the pastors. We are building the fifth one now. It's going to be able to receive 250 people. I know what it is to have to be dealing with people. And when I say that build, I gave money. I was there. I was making holes, pouring concrete. I was talking with my brother Ron. In Brazil, we don't pour concrete like they do here. Easy. That's easy job, brother. You need to come to Brazil to see how we do concrete. Yeah, we carry buckets. And we put sand and we carry where we need to go. And we put the sand. And we go back, get more sand. Then we go. Then when we got the sand, then you go get the rocks. Then after the rocks, we get the cement. Like a 50 kilos. It's what? 112 pounds. 120 pounds. Bags of cement. And then we put it in. Then we have to mix it. Then after we mix it, everything, we put water. Then we have to mix it again. And when it's done, guess what we do? Put it in the bucket. And we walk it. That's how we pour concrete. But when Jesus said it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not. For of such is what? Man, that is a hint for us. If we are not like children, we are not going to receive the kingdom of God. And if children trust, they obey. I remember that seeing like a parent, a father can put the boy or the daughter up on the ceiling, on the roof, and he said, Jump. If they never fall, if the parent never disappoint them, they don't even think. Some of the kids don't even wait for the father to say jump. They're already jumping, right? And the parent needs to be like catching down. That 
That's how we need to be with our Father. When He says go, we're like, yes, Lord. Not like, well, but Lord, I don't have this. Uh, you didn't give me that yet. I'm not prepared. When He tells you to go, you just go. When He tells you to do, you just do. Trust. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall maybe enter the, therein. Right? Is a maybe on your Bible? He shall not enter therein. So if you're not trusting God, I'm sorry to say that to you, but you are not in the kingdom of God. Trust. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and he did what? Man, we are already blessed, and he comes as a son and do what? Blessed us. We were already blessed. Now we are being blessed again. I know you guys are not, but the Pentecostals like to say, we are double blessed. <laughs> you are blessed as a child of God. You are. You are not going to be. You are not in a way to. It's not a progression. You are right now blessed in Christ Jesus. Luke 24, verse 50 and 51. And he led them out as far as to Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and sent them. Right? No. He blessed them as they were going in a mission that he set them. And it came to pass while he blessed them. He was parted from them and carried up into heaven. I'm finishing here. And I just want to say to you this. In the beginning, God created men, male and female. And the first thing that God did was what? What was the last thing that Jesus did before ascend to the Father after Telling, teaching the disciples. What was the last thing that he did? Read there in your Bibles. Luke 24, 51. He blessed them. Brothers and sisters, I don't know you, but for me that says a lot. I start anything as a blessed man. And I will finish anything as what? I will never lose my blessing. Awesome. It doesn't matter what the situation that I am in. Amen. I may be in the difficult scenario. I may be fighting for my life. I did that. I've been shot a few times in Brazil. But I am blessed. No weapon should what? Form against me. I believe in that. That is my shield. That is my protection. That is my armor. Ephesians 6.10 put it, what? Some parts of the armor of God? 
The what? Put the full armor of God. Everything that we need is being provided. I start blessed and I ended up blessed. We can, we can lose. We cannot lose if we walk in Him. I hope that you guys understand these principles. If I am already blessed, I am thankful. No matter what situation, challenge that is in front of me. And let me tell you this. If you think you have challenge, come after the service and talk to me. And I'll talk to you what challenges are. I'll show you a little bit. I have some good stories. I have a, prof- a prophetic word that was spoken to me. It was so funny. Because it was the Lord speaking to me through that man of God. And he said this. Uh, Marcelo, you face challenges and challenges after your, in your life. But you look at them as like a speed bumps. You're like, okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We don't stop at speed bump and, oh my God, what am I going to do? How am I going to go around? You just... Right? It's uncomfortable, those things. Why did they build those things? But we don't stop them. We don't, oh my God, what am I going to do? It's speed bump. We just do what? We go through it. And that is exactly how I am. So he was saying, Marcelo is like, every challenge, doesn't matter how big it is, he treats it like a speed bump. Ooh, that was fun. Let's go. Amen? Amen. Brothers and sisters, let us take up our mandate. I don't need to preach to you guys to say that we are living in end times. That the darkness is out there devouring our kids, our friends, our families. I don't need to remind you that. You know that. You are there. You're living But I have to remind you that it is our fault. We need to take up what it has been lost. Starting from our families, from our city, from our state, from our country, from the kingdom of God. Brothers, we are it. There's no army coming after us. We are the army of Christ for now. You guys have a great general. Start learning and taking your positions. Just because he's a general, he's not better than you. He's not more important than you. Just because I am the forefront all the way there, it doesn't mean that I am less or better. I'm just like you. I'm doing my part. We all are called to this. And we all have a part to play. Starting changing your world. You cannot change Brazil because you're not there. That's not your world. It's mine. That's my mandate. But if you start changing your world, your immediate area of influence, I'm telling you, the Lord is going to enlarge your area of influence. That's how this two here started. That's how I... Me and my wife, we started. We start changing 
us from inside out. And then we change into the ones who are in our reach. Then the God's going to enlarge and amplify our reach. Amen? Amen? So what are we waiting for? You already know that you have everything. Now you cannot say, I didn't know that. Yes, you do. I told you so. Amen? Please bow your heads. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for this amazing opportunity of talking about the marvelous work that you're doing in us. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for what Christ did for us and to us. Father, we take up everything that you gave us. We are going to take possession of everything that you provide so we can move forward. So we can advance the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven here right now. Father, help us to have revelation knowledge of our mandate, of where we can go and what we need to do today. So tomorrow we're going to pray for the same and you're going to show us. Father, I empower each and every one of here present that is listening to my voice. For them to seek you like never before. So they will be able to see the amazing things that you have prepared for them. Father, I call upon your angels to help us. To show us the way. To prepare things ahead of us. And we set your Holy Spirit to command ahead of us. Everything that needs to be open, closed, removed, added, whatever it needs. And we declare right now, Father, in Jesus' name, that we will be obedient to your voice and your voice only. So brothers and sisters, if you agree with that, you say amen. Thank you for listening to the weekly message. To find out more about Overcomers Church International and to hear more messages like this one, please visit our website at ociperryville.com.